This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello and welcome again to another jam-packed edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan here as, man, we have a lot of ground to cover. I am going to just get right into it here on opening headlines as this is going to be an extremely busy June week around the Husker sports world. And it starts with baseball. I mean, this is, you know, really the first time the feel for Nebraska baseball going into a regional. They come in as a conference regular season champion. Great, great series win over Michigan. Now they go to Arkansas. and, And let's face it, Nebraska got a raw deal. They should not be playing at Arkansas. They're a top 20 team playing the number one team, and that's typically not a regional draw. That's more of a super regional type of draw, but because of geography, Nebraska's in busing distance of Arkansas. I think a number of things played a factor, but once you get off those seed lines, the NCAA typically likes the twos and the threes and the fours to either carpool travel or bus, and Michigan got sent to Notre Dame, they can bust there. Maryland can bust to East Carolina, and Nebraska can obviously bust down to Fayetteville. So I think that played a factor, but now you get this great storyline, Will Bolt against Dave Van Horn, the, the very, very first Dave Van Horn recruit, uh, the guy that turned Nebraska baseball around, now will get a chance as a first-year head coach uh, to go against Van Horn, and they say this is one of his better Arkansas teams, and we're going to hear a lot more about that here in the show as in our next two segments, Nebraska baseball coach Lance Harville, assistant coach, will join me here on the show as He's getting ready to board the bus to head down to Fayetteville. And then we're going to get another special guest, Justin Seeley, former Nebraska player as well as now uh, former Texas A&M assistant coach. He'd served under Rob Childress for over 10 years down in College Station. He will join me as well here on the program to have some great insight about the regional. Uh, Obviously, um, in the SEC, they played against Arkansas this year. He knows Coach Van Horn, the talent. And obviously, he knows Nebraska. He talks to Will Bolt. They're best friends. So you're going to look forward to that conversation here in the program. Uh, meanwhile, though, back on football, June 1 started the end of the dead period for Nebraska, and things got going. It started uh, really on May 31st on Memorial Day night. Nebraska makes a 2024 quarterback offer to Bellevue West, Daniel Kanan. And this is a, a kid that uh, didn't even start varsity, obviously, as a freshman. It was very difficult to start varsity quarterback as a freshman at the Class A level. It was a backup, started JV, but really saw his name blow up on the camp scene. Florida State and Nebraska both offered this kid. So he will be one that we'll be watching here closely here as uh, Nebraska comes in with that early offer. But the other big offer news this week for Nebraska came out of their first workout on June 1. The specialized workouts begin where you can have prospects in for one hour. Now, most of Nebraska's workouts are going to happen on Friday. They're going to have a, about 20 to 25 guys come in from about 9 to 2 um, to go through workouts. And Friday Night Lights Camp will happen that evening. Uh, but Jake Applegate out of Lincoln Southeast was the only guy they brought in on June 1, and that was by design. I mean, he is arguably the top in-state player right now on the recruiting board without an offer. 
They wanted to get eyes on Applegate immediately, not let him make the tour, then circle back around to Nebraska, where Nebraska kind of felt uh, second fiddle because other teams may have offered him first. So they not only work him out as a tight end and outside linebacker, they offer him after that workout. And this one doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I, I had seen Applegate play three times uh, this past year in person. Every time I watch him, I go, this guy's an offer guy. There's no doubt in my mind. He is a Big Ten level player, six foot four, two ten, runs four six ish, has a thirty six inch plus vertical, long arms, long reach. He's a six four guy that looks six six when you when you look at his arm span and just the whole package. So not a surprise. The big surprise though is um, he's he's going to wait a while. He's going to take more camp trips and visits before he really sizes things down. So we'll see where that all goes with Jake Applegate, but I'm glad to see Nebraska came in with an offer to him, and I was curious what position it was going to be. It sounds more of an athlete. They just want to take him to get a quality in-state guy in this class along with Ernest Hausman. But then this weekend, Nebraska will have Friday Night Lights on Friday, and then they will host eight official visitors that will come in, and we'll hear more about that group from Brian Munson. So that will really uh, you know, get things going here as these are the first visitors Nebraska has hosted on their campus since March of 2020. So this dead period uh, extended for a very long time, and Nebraska is going to get things going. A lot of the coaches were on the road this week as well down at different satellite camps. And then this weekend, I'll be involved in this, in Kearney, the 62nd annual Nebraska Shrine Bowl game will take place at Ron and Carol Cope Stadium there at the University of Nebraska Kearney. And there are four future Husker walk-ons in that game. And I think the story, and really to me the biggest story by far, if you're a Nebraska fan that wants to watch the game, is Kellen Meyer, a kicker from Ord, will be in this game and, you know, there's a decent chance in about two months he could be Nebraska's kicker when they play out at Illinois to open the 2021 season here. And, you know, he's got a very, very strong leg. Told me every kick he puts through the back of the end zone a mile. And uh, I think that's something missing they didn't have a year ago. Somebody watching the Shrine Bowl for a lot of reasons. Uh, I've supported that game for a number of years now. Uh, but just to get a look at Kellen Meyer and what he brings to the table. That, to me, is a story. And we'll get one more look at guys like Colt Payton from Omaha Westside going to North Dakota State, Sam Scott from Omaha Scut uh, that's heading off to Wyoming, Nolan Gorzica. Um, he's had a really good week, by the way, the Omaha Roncalli offensive lineman that's going to Buffalo. And Buffalo, as we talk, I talked to him at the game, uh, they've had a whole new coaching staff come in, and he's stayed firm with his decision to stay there. Uh, but, you know, they play at Nebraska, and that will be something to watch as Buffalo has had – uh, six of their players alone follow Lance Leipold to Kansas um, once he left Buffalo to head there, and they will play Nebraska in Lincoln on September 11th. So lots to talk about here on this show. As I mentioned, we're a little baseball heavy today for good reason, as Nebraska in the regionals here uh, with a chance uh, to, to, to get – you know, make some noise here on the national stage. Lance Harville, Nebraska baseball assistant coach, will join me next. Then we'll hear from former Husker and Texas A&M assistant coach Justin Seeley as well here as in our next two segments. But Lance Harville's next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. 
Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Regardless of where you go, who you play, it's going to be a, a, a good challenge. I mean, like I said, after the, the game on Saturday, it's five wins to Omaha, no matter how you draw it up. And, uh, you know, obviously our whole focus right now is finding out a way to beat Northeastern. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. That was Nebraska head baseball coach Will Bolt as his team gets ready for this weekend's Fayetteville Regional as the Huskers get the two seed and uh, the daunting task of taking on the number one overall national seed potentially in the Arkansas Razorbacks and joining us here on the program for a second week in a row to get us ready uh, for this weekend's regional matchups is Lance Harville, uh, Nebraska baseball assistant coach. Coach, uh, we really appreciate the time. I know um, you guys are getting ready to go down to Arkansas, so we appreciate getting the chance to talk to you here as you get ready for this weekend's regional. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. One more week in a row, and they call that a streak. <laughs> I hope we're talking next week. Let's put it that way. That, that, that would mean uh, a lot of good happen. Well, let's get down to it. You got the draw, and nobody knows what the NCAA is going to do on these things. And it's like, all right, here's the teams. Let's go. But you, you see Arkansas. Um, what was your initial reaction when you saw the draw of, of who you're going to be playing potentially and where you, where you guys were going? Honestly, my initial reaction, I was I was excited because that's a you know it's a great place to play, and you get to go play a great opponent. Um, you know, our our mindset going into this thing um, was who wherever they send us we're gonna have to go beat somebody good we're gonna have to go beat you know a one seed at some point and to get where where we want to go we're gonna have to go take down you know a national seed at some point top eight seed along the way um so why not uh you know we (laughs) we tell the guys you know part of uh what uh, their their work habits and, and time management and things like that uh if you got something that that you got to get done don't put it off so might as well go take on the number one national seed right out of the, you know, right out of the gate that, that first weekend or the regional. But, um, you know, we got to go beat a good North Northeastern team now though, too, uh, before we would even have that chance. So that's, that's really our focus and our, in our mindset. It, it wasn't anything, you know, where we felt slighted or, or, you know, disrespected. What it was like, whatever, so, you know, there's going to be another team in the, in the other dugout, Let's let's go play. Let's go compete and and figure out a way to win. We're talking to Nebraska baseball assistant coach Lance Harville and coach as you strategize the weekend. What have you guys kind of decided as far as the pitching? I know Coach Bolt uh, on Monday was like, you know what, you know, I I think we'll just probably keep a lot of it, if not all of it, the same. I mean, as as you guys get ready to board the bus and hit Fayetteville, um, what is kind of the strategy with how you guys are going to roll out your rotation this weekend? Yeah, I think we are going to keep it the same. Um, you know, there's there have been quite a few discussions and quite a few, you know, put <laughs> some some conversations that that didn't uh, get resolved maybe until the next day. Kind of like one of those, put a pen in it, let's sleep on it, and see how we feel in the morning. But um, you know, whether it's a, a pitching rotation or anything you're doing offensively, defensively, any kind of change in the lineup, whatever it may be. 
um, you, you have to do what got you to this point and you can't, you can't just do wholesale changes because um, you don't know how that's going to affect your team, number one, but it just kind of, it throws off your whole, you know, mojo you got going. Um, so you just have to, you just have to do what, what got you here and, and figure out a way, you know, like you said, like let the chips fall where they may just figure out a way to win, no matter who you're playing or, or what's who's on the mound, who's in the lineup, you figure out a way to win. And that's what we've you know done a good job of all season. And that's kind of been the, sort of the uh the calling card of this team is um is just their toughness and their resiliency no matter what it is just find a way to get the job done and last weekend you had a really almost like a regional type of feel in that series against michigan you had big crowds almost eight thousand on saturday close to six thousand on friday afternoon for a pretty chilly um late may game but you saw two great pitchers from michigan in those first two games how much did that weekend help you guys just kind of stay sharp and kind of get a taste of what regional weekends are going to be like. Yeah, it was, it was huge because we knew going into it, um, having, it was, it had the potential to be a little bit of a trap, right? Because we had already wrapped up a conference championship. You know, it kind of felt like all year, everything had been building towards this final showdown with Michigan winner take all type thing. And, and, you know, we took care of business the weekend before and it was already <laughs> a done deal. So it's like, all right, well, this is a good test, you know, because now let's see how our guys respond. You know, can they keep a competitive edge? And and they did, you know, that was a, it was three really good ball games. Um, you know, we ended up taking two or three, but that was from, from a coaching staff, from our standpoint, it was like, all right, this, this is a caliber of team, you know, that we're going to face in the postseason, whether it be a regional or having to take two or three from a team like that uh, in a super regional setting let's go see if we can do it. And, and I told the guys after, uh, after the series was over that second game um, on Saturday, uh, I told them, you look back at the last seven games that we played um, with Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio state. Um, and those are, that's, I mean, those are all postseason caliber. I mean, especially on the pitching side of things, like our hitters, there's nothing that could have prepared us better um, than playing those teams with the starters that they have, with the bullpen arms that they have, uh, just coming at you one after the other. Uh, and so to, to do what we did, you know, in those seven games um, was, was pretty special. Um, and so it was a good indication, you know, we're, we're, you know, playing good baseball right now against, against good teams. And, and like I said, finding ways to win, you know, even if you're, uh, if it's not a high scoring game or, or if it's, you know, kind of a tight one run game, something like that, if it's a pitcher's duel, um, you know, just finding ways to win. You know, in a, in a lot of years too, coach, um, on Memorial Day weekend, you're playing a big conference tournament that's pretty taxing and hard to manage. And I, I think a lot of years we want that, but in some ways, was it somewhat of an advantage, maybe not have to worry about managing a potentially a five or six game conference tournament um, last week and just getting three really good games against Michigan to focus on? Yeah. And I, I guess time will tell on that one. Um, you know, we'll, we'll find out uh, once we, once we go play some teams uh, this weekend that had to, that had to play a conference tournament and see how, you know, uh, taxed maybe they, they are from their, with their pitching staff, or maybe if they got their legs underneath them, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but it also does, you know, it could, depending on how you view it, I mean, it can kind of go both ways because, uh, those teams also have, you know, some experience now been fresh off, uh, playing in a conference tournament, you know, how to, 
you know, maybe manage their pitching staff through, you know, for it. But again, we've done it too all year with the, with the four game weekends with the pods and all that. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how much of a competitive advantage or disadvantage it may be. Time, time will tell. And I'm curious, uh, you guys will potentially have a chance to play Arkansas and everybody is well aware what Dave Van Horn meant for Nebraska baseball and one of the rebuilding jobs he did here to, to get this program to the College World Series. How much has Coach Bolt just talked about those times and Coach Van Horn and, 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 and what he's meant to him as a player, as a coach, as a mentor, and, and just to Nebraska and raising the bar to where we're at today with a full Haymarket Park uh, with 8,000 fans in there, a lot of, a lot of weekends. Yeah, they, they, you know, kind of set the, set the standard and, and uh, set the tone for the program um, back there in the, in the late nineties and early two thousands. And I didn't, I didn't know this until uh, just a, a couple of days ago that, that coach Bolt was coach Van Horn's first recruit ever here at, uh, at Nebraska. So that's a little uh, nice little nugget uh, for, for you there, but um, yeah, I mean, Will talks about those times uh, quite a bit, you know, as as we all do, just talking about your playing days or whatever. But specifically here at Nebraska, because he played here and because we're here, um, we talk about it quite a bit. I mean, we use it literally as the as a blueprint for how we want to build our teams, you know, through recruiting and and everything else. Uh, what um, how Coach Van Horn and Coach Childress built those those teams back then. Um, and it's it's kind of weird, um, uh, just how we're all intertwined and and all of that. Coach Van Horn and, and the the coaching tree, you know, um, he would he would kind of be like my my grandfather, great grandfather <laughs> in this coaching tree. I think I've met him one time, you know, but um, so many of my close friends and my mentor, you know, were people that either played for him or coached with him, you know, that that have these relationships like you mentioned like you mentioned, um, and there's kind of a, there's kind of a joke, you know, from, from Van, coach Van Horn and coach Childress and coach Deggs and coach Bolt, uh, the coach Sawyers who played and coached here. who's now at, at SEMO, you know, as a head coach and coach Sirianni, who I worked with for the last five years or before I came here at Sam Houston state, who's now the head coach there. There's, there, there's so many, you know, tie-ins and, and intertwined and, and people kind of joke that the, the Van Horn uh, kind of <laughs> coaching family tree doesn't have any branches. It's just, <laughs> it's just straight. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, <clears throat> I know he has a lot of respect for coach Van Horn as we, as we all do um, not only just from what he's done uh, in college baseball, but specifically what he's done here at Nebraska uh, and, and now having, you know, been here and, and kind of been, inside the program and, and all of that. Um, it's, it's something that, that is talked about, you know, fairly often, I would say. Now, Justin Seeley's joining us next on that family tree. Would he be, would he be kind of like a crazy uncle to you or what would his relation be? Yeah. Seals, Seals would be, I think probably more of like a cousin, maybe, uh, maybe like a, a second cousin, <laughs> cousin by marriage, something like that. So, uh, <laughs> well coach best we appreciate you taking the time i know you got a bag to pack and a bus to get down to arkansas and i can tell you everybody in this state's gonna be tuned in watching here over the weekend looking forward to some regional baseball so best of luck as you take the huskers down there with coach bolt in the fayetteville 
Thanks. I can't wait. Tell Seals I said what's up. Okay. Well, much more to come. And you heard Coach there. We joined by former Texas A&M and Nebraska Super Regional MVP Justin Seeley next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We played Arkansas four times when I was an assistant here. Um, they came up here for two. We went down there for two. It's just always, you know, and then when I was at A&M, you know, we played them. Uh, been in that ballpark a few times now. And, yeah, it's just, it's always a little bit, you know, weird when you're playing one of your, kind of somebody in your tree a little bit. But this weekend it's going to be all about the baseball. There's, there's really no doubt about that. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, as we are baseball heavy here for a good reason as Nebraska gets ready to travel down to Arkansas, and you heard Will Bolt talk about the tree, and I'm going to bring in a very prominent member of the Dave Van Horn coaching tree, former Husker uh, and, and former A&M assistant coach and Nebraska assistant coach and best friends of Will Bolt, Justin Seeley, also a former roommate of mine many years ago. Coach Seeley, uh, it is great to have you on and, and interview in a professional capacity. I don't think we've ever done this before. Yeah, no, I, I think this is the first time we've actually had a, uh, like, uh, I guess, uh, a professional, that's the best way to put it, a professional conversation. You know, usually our conversations have to do a lot more with uh, probably the same similar things, right? But uh, just in a lot more loose fashion, I guess. And uh, although I guess we can keep this pretty loose if you'd like. I still remember watching old – I used to get the Rivals tape sent to my house back in the VCR days, and we were watching Ryan Mallett film. And you were like, this yep. dude throws the football like a Nerf ball. I still remember uh, watching a bunch of old tape with you at our house back in, there in the old Havelock area. Oh, oh yeah. I, I remember watching those guys. I remember Ryan Mallett, and I remember going, I mean, like, how does this guy fail? And then, oh, yeah, the, you know, you for, you forget there's a personal side to it, too. So <laughs> he's obviously had, have, had some success, but, you know, I, I thought that guy was going to be like uh, John Elway all over again. Well, Coach, it's great to have you on, and there's a lot to hit on here in this segment. And I want to get to Will because you you worked closely with Will at the JUCO rank at A and M. You played with him at Nebraska. You're you guys are best friends. Are you surprised yep. just how quickly it's come? Uh, Nebraska wasn't even picked in the preseason top six of the Big Ten. That's all they released as a top six, and they ran away yep. with this conference here in really his first full season. Yeah, I'm not surprised at the success. I will say I, the thing that I am the most impressed with is the the pitching part of it. I, I think, you know, what they have done, what how they have transformed that part of their team um, within, I don't know, I mean, less than 12 months, maybe 15 months, something like that. I mean, what they have done with that side of the baseball has been super impressive. So am I surprised by the success? No. Am I surprised that – like how quickly they turned around their pitching. Yeah, I'm very surprised at that. And I, I think that is a testament to Will. I think it's a testament to Lance recruiting and Jeff recruiting and then Jeff, you know, from a pitching standpoint. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I would say that's the number one thing that I am impressed with with what they've done. When you played at Nebraska for Coach Van Horn, there was just this chip on the shoulder mentality. You guys yep. weren't the biggest, but God, you're, you were going to win the fight. And and you get that sense again with Nebraska baseball and the people in the state. That's the kind of baseball I feel like they want to watch in that ballpark where, you know, that there's a toughness element that shows the way they run the bases and the way they go after people. Um, I mean, is, is that you think what Will was trying to go for right away? I think that's just who Will is, you know, and I, and I think that's why 
will fit at Nebraska playing for Coach Van Horn back when we played. And, you know, all of us to a degree all fit. And, you know, when you're the head coach, when you're you're going through recruiting and Dave is very active in the recruiting process, like you, if you're the head coach or you're any of the coaches, you want to coach people that are like-minded and that are similar. And uh, Dave did a great job of that. Will is doing a good job of that. And Will is molding that team. Even the guys he did not recruit, he is molding that team into, you know, the like-minded, you know, um, you know, mentality that he has. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm not surprised by how they're playing. I think the way they're playing is the way they're going to continue to play. And I think Will also knows, you know, like you're living in the state of Nebraska. This is what people are about, right? So if you're going to get people to rally around something, they're going to rally around. Like even if you're not playing your best, they're going to rally around guys that are hard-nosed, gritty, tough. They're going to give the team everything they got. They're going to give the program everything you got. And those are tangible things that you can see from the stands. And so – I think you know Will's got a Will's got a pretty good feel for that, and he's done a good job of molding that team, not just to ne- to the image of Nebraska, the state, but into his own image. Well, now he'll it's a student take on the master type of deal this weekend as Dave Van Horn and people say it's yeah. his best Arkansas team maybe he's ever had, and he's had a lot of good ones as we know. Uh, first of all, um, when you saw that pop and it, it came on ESPN right away, I mean, it didn't take very long. And I can only imagine just the wheel spinning in your head and Coach Childress and all the guys over the years, like, man, they did this to Will. He's got to go right against Van Horn potentially in, in his first regional as a head coach. Yeah, well, I, I can tell you this. This is – when I saw it, I chuckled for a second. And then the next, my next thought was, well, you're going to have to beat him anyway. Like, so it doesn't matter. Like, whether you play him in a regional or you play him in Omaha, you're going to have to beat him anyway. So you might as well get it out of the way in a hurry. I mean, once you get – if you clear that hurdle right away, I mean, think about the momentum that you build for the rest of the postseason for your team. You don't think – there's – your team will walk into the next round um, into the Super Regionals in Omaha, and they will have seen everything they need to see, everything they want to see, and they will prove everything that they want to prove to themselves – at that point. So there won't be anything that they can, they, they won't be able to overcome. So it's one of those things where, you know, in Omaha, you might have to beat them two or three times in a super region. You definitely have to beat them twice. You know, in a regional, you may only have to beat them once, you know, there, there are other teams there. So there's, there's that element to it too. So, you know, it's not just a, it's not just a deal where, yeah, we're having to go face the number one team. It actually might not be a terrible setup quite honestly, the way I would look at it. And I think the way Will's going to look at it. We're talking to former Husker and uh, coaching uh, partner of Will Bolt, Justin Seeley here on the Husker online show. And, you know, Coach, I, I go back to just the history of Nebraska baseball in 99. They had to go out to Stanford, yep. and, and nobody thought that they could take down that great Stanford team. I believe it was a two-seed, and Van Horn's squad went into Palo Alto and was very close to to getting it done. Then, yep. then the next year they overcame, and you guys beat a really, really good Rice team in Lincoln to go to that first College World Series. So you're right. I mean, you've yep. got you've got to take down a championship level team at some point if you want to get to Omaha. Right, and I mean, you know, Will's goal, I can assure you, is not just to get to Omaha. It's to play the last game. And if you're going to play the last game, you're going to have to beat the best teams in the country. So. The timing of it is not – I mean, 
you can look at it as I don't like the timing of it, or you can look at it like, you know what, the timing of this may be to, to our advantage. So, um, I, you know, I tend to look at it that way. And I think, I think Will is too. Um, and probably the message that he'll convey to his team is, you know, we, these guys are going to walk into this and they're going to feel pretty good about themselves. And we can, we can walk into this and we can stun them in their home crap in their home stadium with their home crowd. And they may not be able to get up off the mat. So, I, I I would suspect those are probably the thoughts running through Will's head, and I would suspect that's probably something he's going to relay to his team. And the plan for Nebraska, Justin, is they're going to keep the rotation the same. And you know the the in yep. you, the fantasy baseball fan, the the armchair quarterback fan, they always were like, well, why don't you move your number one to Saturday to go against Arkansas? But you've nope. been around a lot of regionals, nope. a lot of baseball. It's obviously not that simple. Am I right? No, it's not that simple because all those teams are in there. They're in there for a reason. They've all won games to be there. They all have, they all are deserving. And if you are in as an automatic qualifier with the exception of Nebraska, only, you know, Nebraska won their league. These other teams have had to win tournaments. So they're hot. You know, they had to play good to get to these tournaments and you have to win that first game to get to the second game. And, and, me knowing what I know about Arkansas, Arkansas is not built around their starting pitching. They are built around their bullpen. They're, you know, they work back to front with the construction of their of their pitching. It goes Kevin Cops at the back, and then they they fill in the pieces from there. So, um, you know, you you may go out there and win that first game. Well, Arkansas may have to throw they may have to throw Cops four innings in in the in the in the game one for their for their side. And then you play him in game two. He may not be available. You may have him right where you want him in that instance. So you have to win that first game. I, you, I mean, there's, you know, you lose that first game. It is, it is a really uphill battle. You're looking at a doubleheader, or an early doubleheader in the face on whatever that Sunday, and then you have to turn around and win another game on Monday. Um, that that becomes pretty pretty tough um, when you. What I remember at Nebraska when you were coaching here with Mike Anderson, you guys obviously still threw Jabba in that game one, and you got beat by a team that nobody thought would beat you guys, and and that was with Jabba, who was a future MLBer on the mound. So yeah, you're right. I mean, these teams that come in can be hot. Yep, and you just don't know. Like uh, we had this happen to us at A and M. We pitched Michael Walker um, game one and won a close game, like a five to two game or something like that, and then we got rain uh, for the for the if necessary game on Monday, they got pushed back to Tuesday. So we were able to actually bring Michael back on Tuesday because we had pitched him on Friday. If we had pitched him on Saturday, there's no chance he would have been able to come back in that instance. So there, there's some, you know, there's some with baseball, there's just a lot of circumstances that can go on. So you've got to win that first one. And I think for Will's team with them being in a regional for the first time in a little bit, like making sure you get that first win, I think is important for him. So yeah, you should throw you should throw Povich. You should go all out to win that first game and worry about Saturday when Saturday rolls around. Well, hey Justin, uh, we really appreciate the time. I know you got a lot on your plate, and uh, I'm sure you'll be watching these uh, these games very closely though here over the weekend as well as Nebraska travels down to Arkansas. Yep, yep, I sure will. So appreciate time, Callie. Miss you, man. I miss you too, Coach. Hopefully we see you back in Nebraska up here one of these uh, days and we, we can catch up and, and, and talk about the good old days when we were a lot younger and, and wiser, as we would think, right? Yeah, a lot more hair between the two of us too. <laughs> That's right. All right, well, much more to come. Nebraska basketball assistant coach Matt Abdelmasi will join us next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. 
You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Last week I told you we were joined by Nebraska basketball coach Matt Aldamasi, Sean Callahan from Washett. He's joining us here again in studio uh, for another discussion. This segment of the show brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill on 31st and Yankee Hill. Get on into Tanner's. They'll have all the Nebraska baseball regional games on this weekend, all the NBA playoffs, all the baseball. So Tanner Sports Bar, 31st and Yankee Hill. And Coach, um, talk to you off air after our first interview, and I, I wanted to hit on name, image, and likeness. You know, we know all about the football end, mm-hmm. um, but when you look at the potential of the NLI at a place like Nebraska, what do you envision? What do you tell kids? Because it's coming. We know it's coming. And obviously, Nebraska has done a really good job as a school to kind of lay the groundwork uh, to open this thing up once it's here. Yeah, I mean, the, the advantage that's built in that's been enormous for us is is when you have a uh, the progressive company of open doors in your hometown that's kind of leading this charge of the NIL stuff is, is huge. Uh, they're alums. They're clearly proud alums. And they've hit it off really big. And to have that where we can go through the checks and balances of what the NIL stuff will really look like has been a a huge advantage for us and the entire school and athletic department. In terms of what it certainly means for us as a program, I mean, when you are, you know, one of two shows really in the entire state, um, you're not really battling any professional sports teams. I mean, it's absolutely huge. Um, you know, throughout the entire state, it's Huskers. Um, from west to east, north to south, it's Huskers. And to me, that just opens up so many great opportunities for your student-athletes to benefit off of it. Um, you are a celebrity here. They're walking down uh, at Haymarket, and people are going to know who they are. That's not the case in a lot of places. And uh, when you're one of one, there's always a chance that it could hit big and um, you know, we certainly think that with the leadership internally at the with the athletic department, and then of course um, outside of the athletic department, it, it could be something tremendous for all the student athletes at Nebraska. We've seen some of the stuff that football is doing. I mean, obviously, you know, Adrian Martinez getting his own podcast and, and stuff like that, where they're kind of slowly starting to get the ball rolling mm-hmm. on opportunities to, you know, showcase players on an individual level. Have you guys thought about different things that? you guys could do i mean because with basketball i mean i think you're more recognizable than any sport yeah because no you don't have a helmet over your yeah. head you don't have a hat on you're you're one of five guys on the floor and so i mean i'm sure that ideas have already started to kind of start getting yeah. spun around about ways to to showcase these guys yeah the podcast thing is something that i've discussed with some of our guys um just to see what their thought is and it could be uh on a wide range of topics and I think we have some guys that are definitely going to be interested in that um, internally as well. Um, you know, when it comes to the makeup of our team being so diverse from so many different backgrounds, um, you know, I think that people, fans want to hear from the players. Mm-hmm. So that message to us is very sellable. And that's what our aim is going to be is to make sure whatever the rules and regulations are to help them and guide them to be able to successfully do that. Of course, when it comes to their social media platform, that's something that our social media department's done a tremendous job 
of showing them what the impact they're going to be able to have with one tweet or one Instagram post. So um, we're definitely way out ahead of that. We feel like as soon as this passes, whenever that may be, we will be able to be way out ahead of it where we can enact some of these things to certainly maximize all of the student athletes worth. Do you get a sense what the kids are interested in doing? Like, I mean, cause we have our ideas, but what are their, what do you think some of these guys really want to do as far as monetizing and taking advantage of these things? So, I mean, we anywhere from like doing a two hour, three hour clinic, um, autograph signings, just the overall interaction with fans. Um, the podcast thing has come up doing some type of Instagram live on a specific time throughout the week um, is something they've also talked about, um, you know, and then of course other things that they don't maybe aren't necessarily familiar with. If Tanner's wants to get them to put a post out, you know, what does, what does that mean? Cause each player is going to have a monetary value that a Tanner's will have to pay X amount to that player to publicize their uh, restaurant or whatever it may be. Um, so I think those things will flood in very easily for them. That's not something we'll be involved with. That's something an open doors will be involved in as being the third party party facilitator. Um, but yet, you know, we don't truly know the actual do's and don'ts yet. And once we do, I think then the parameters can be set where we can find out how involved we are. Like my question is like, how are you going to stop? Let's say Phil Knight at Oregon or any Nike school can say any five-star guy that commits to my school gets a hundred thousand dollar Nike endorsement deal. Like that's my question. And I don't know. Anyone knows the answer. Can you stop those kinds of things or is that all fair game? So two parts of that, the shoe apparel stuff's going to be really interesting to see how they handle Um, because their shoe companies, new balance and Puma, that are trendy, just casual wear brands, but not necessarily heavy in the basketball market. And yeah, they have they have the over the course of the last two or three years really increased their involvement. But do one of those companies, even though we're sponsored by Adidas, try and throw X amount at somebody? That's gonna. I have no idea. That seems to be go. all fair game. It, it it does, but I don't think it will be. I think there'll be some type of parameters. There has to be. Yeah. The other thing, though, bringing up like a Phil Knight. So what is the parameters going to be on already boosters within the athletic department? They already have athletic interest. Are they going to be able to, let's say, hire one of your student athletes to publicize your company? That will be an interesting thing. That has always been a source of contention where they've gone back and forth. From a legal standpoint, because, of course, this is in the federal government's hand, mm-hmm. I don't think they can stop them. I know one thing. It doesn't seem like there's going to be a cap, as rightfully so. There shouldn't be. Um, that seems obvious. But when it comes to the revenue streams, I would assume that there's going to be some parameters. If it is a free-for-all, um, and certainly there's going to be a lot of built-in advantages at a lot of schools across the country. Yeah, the shoe companies are essentially going to be paying them legally 
versus what we had seen in the federal investigation absolutely. a couple of years ago. And, and that's just fascinating to me, see how, how that's all going to play out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, obviously, guys like Bryce, I mean, comes in here with, yeah. the, but like <laughs> uh, with Tomonaga. I mean, yeah, no question. He's got international celebrity. You team. know, like Kate, he's got the most Instagram followers, I'm pretty sure, on the team. He's mm-hmm. over 20,000 Instagram followers. Um, they would post at Ranger College a YouTube package from the night before of clips from his game and there'd be hundreds of thousands of views Unreal. and he's going to be a, a significant reciprocator of the nil stuff i haven't really even explained it to him um to that extensive of a point where we broke it down but yeah i mean we have some guys on our team i mean they have a following and uh, they have a brand that they're trying to create. That's the thing I'm most excited about is all of our guys ultimately want to play pro basketball. To be able to start being an integral part of building their brand is going to be really fun to be a part of. And um, and I think it's going to also make the college game. I know that there's the detractors that think this is going to be the end-all, be-all, doom and gloom. I think it's going to be the opposite. I think it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to create um, a better brand for all these schools across the country. Absolutely. So I guess speaking of Tomonaga, obviously in July, I believe he's going to be competing in the Olympics uh, with the Japan national team in the, the three-on-three um, mm-hmm. basketball event. I guess from a st- the staff's perspective, I mean, how did what was your kind of take on that? Because obviously it's a great opportunity to represent your country, compete in the Olympics. But also, it's going to delay his arrival to get on campus and mix with a new team, and you know, get kind of kickstart his college career. I guess, you know, what was kind of your guys' thought process on that? Yeah, I mean, very easy one and and quick decision is, is of course, you're going to be fully supportive to represent your country in the Olympics is something of an honor that um, any of us would take um, not take very lightly. I mean, it's something that is uh, proud. Um, especially in his culture, being the host country, that also adds a layer to it. This is something that um, clearly he would have done last summer. So unfortunately, now going into what would have been probably a quiet summer, he will be competing. We find out June 21st officially whether he's on the team or not. It seems highly likely that he will be named to the team, but um, if the event happens where for some reason he isn't, then uh, he would join us and, and come to Lincoln. So we'll wait and see at that point. They're already participating in some events. They went to Europe recently. Um, but I know he's really thought of in high regard for that three-on-three team. Certainly he's going to be playing against great competition, so it's not like he's just going to be chilling at home. Um, yes, to blend in with the guys and build that camaraderie, that's so important. That usually happens in the summer. Yeah, that's going to be unfortunate, but he is the type of kid where people gravitate towards him. I yeah. think he'll make up for lost time very yeah. quickly. When I saw him in Hutch, <laughs> that immediately stood out. He's yeah. like the ultimate teammate, Unbelievable. Like infectious yes. personality. The smile he's got is something that is worth whatever amount of money right there, name, image, likeness. Absolutely. So I guess now the, the majority of the team will be on campus uh, you know, this week. Uh, have you heard any, you know, I guess, notable reports on off-seasons guys had? You know, I saw something like Eduardo Andres put on like 20 pounds or something like that. Yeah. It, it, we, we've, had, yeah we've had some really uh, great developments over the course of the last three or four months with the returners. Delano Banton's in incredible shape and gaining weight and getting stronger. 
uh, arguably to me maybe the best shape of his life. Eduardo Andres, you just spoke about. I don't know if it's 20 pounds, but it's definitely in the 15 to 20 pound range. Um, you know, his body's filling out. He seems to be a lot more explosive. Um, certainly has really worked on developing a perimeter game because his mechanics, shooting mechanics are there. To be able to be a threat to knock down the three, that seems like we're working towards that. Coach Linzer has done a phenomenal bo- job with that, um, and, and clearly Hoiberg has as well. Um, Trey McGowan's seems to be as light on his feet as he's ever been. He's told me this is the best his body's felt in his entire life. So maybe to really showcase his athleticism, which we've saw this past year. Um, And, you know, Derek Walker, I just think with Derek, just to have consistency that he knows he's going to have an uninterrupted year is going to be more valuable than anything else. Um, And then Lat, you know, Lat just getting healthy. Um, Not that he had anything wrong with him, but healthy, you know, playing that amount of games and – the minutes that he played, you know, takes a, a toll on your body, and he's in incredible shape. His lower body strength has really increased. Um, you know, he's certainly, for his own right, his work ethic, um, put himself in a position to, to gain the necessary weight. He's the highest weight he's ever been. He's over 210. Um, so really good momentum going into – the summer sessions where development is going to be key. Coach, we really appreciate you coming in. I promise next time, uh, since we're sponsored by Tanners, we're going to get wings <laughs> brought in. Absolutely. Uh, Brett Kluwer, the owner <laughs> of the franchise, is going to – I'm going to set it up or if we, we get you in later this summer. We're going to make sure we get awesome. some wings on this Love segment it. too. So we appreciate it. Much more to come. You're listening yeah, to the Husker you. Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan closing the show. We've had a great show. We've Matt Abomasi joined us again. Uh, two baseball coaches, former Husker Justin Seeley, as well as Nebraska baseball assistant coach Lance Harville. Those two guys are from Texas on the baseball staff. we got another guy joining us here from down in the great state of Texas. Husker Online's own Brian Munson, Brian. And holy cow, I mean, we knew it was going to be crazy here we go on May 31 at night. Nebraska makes a 2024 quarterback offer. Opening workout on June 1, and I hit on the open on this. Jake Applegate from Lincoln Southeast gets his offer. And, boy, and that's just kind of the appetizer. I mean, I think the, the first couple of days here before the weekend really showed us what it's going to be like here going forward this entire month. Yeah, we're going to stay on our toes. And I think people are going to stay tuned to Husker Online because I don't even know if, if we know much about what we can kind of expect to have happen. I think we can, I think we have a way of kind of looking <clears throat> into what it is that we know and what we kind of figure is going to happen. And we have a fairly decent understanding about it. But I mean, the 2024 quarterback offer last night was completely and totally out of left field. I mean, particularly since, you know, Daniel hasn't really suited up a whole lot for varsity. I mean, he's got limited, limited film, obviously a very talented guy, a very athletic guy. And I think that, you know, we talked about Applegate a little bit and we'll touch on it here again shortly, but um, that was the first guy that Nebraska was bringing in for their individual, you know, workouts. And I, I think you and I talked about it earlier today. There was a big reason why I think that they really kind of viewed him as being that top, um, an unoffered player 
in the state that they were really needing to get an eval in on and um you know it didn't take them long to go ahead and realize what the you know with the, basically a have a have basically this unanimous uh verdict by the coaching staff according to Jake earlier today that he was worthy of the offer so yeah we'll touch on that here shortly all right we're talking to Brian Munson here as as we hit on kind of what's ahead Brian and uh, Applegate was the first workout for Nebraska and um, you know the, I think it was by design kind of the highest overall in-state guy on the board for 2022 they wanted to get the first look at him and not let him blow up and then come to Nebraska and make it feel like he was slighted and didn't get his offer until after the fact. So they they set the tone, made the offer, but he is going to continue to take visits and kind of not slow play it, but not rush it. So I was a little, you know, not surprised. I mean, I kind of looked at him as a guy, once he got it, this is a kid that would probably commit fairly quickly to Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And and I I was a little bit surprised with – you know, how, how, um, how casual he was about it. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's definitely not, you know, within our kind of uh, protocol to replay the, the recruits taping and let them hear the voice and the raw material of the interview. But I have to tell you guys, I mean, it was <clears throat> totally and completely casual. He had really, I don't want to say sounded coached up, but it definitely sounded rehearsed that he said, basically, look, I'm going to take my time going to COVID has set me back. I've got to get out there and see these places and see these coaches. I haven't talked to them or seen them in, in months. And, and I have to get out there and, and get this thing back on, you know, back on a path basically. So I, I think that as much as I think Nebraska understands that probably COVID's keeping him, you know, kind of on the down low. Uh, I think he realizes that as well. So I, I, I do think that, you know, the Iowa state visit that he's going to, excuse me, the Minnesota visit tomorrow, uh, as well as the, the, uh, um, the big, the big mega camp that down in Lindenwood, that's going to be coming up here in a week or so that he's going to be down there as well. Uh, he, he says maybe he might be back for the barbecue on the 18th, you know, later on in the month. But I, I think the more times the Brasser can get him on campus and get him comfortable with what's kind of going on there and some on the big picture, uh, I think that he, he will jump in sooner before later. And, I, and to your point earlier, too, I mean, you and, my, you, and my had, you and I had some conversations on the side. You felt like he was going to get worked out on both offense and defense. I felt like he was defense only. They did work him out on both sides of the football, and they're leaving it open to him possibly playing tight end too. Yeah, I've seen enough of him catching the ball, the way he jumps. Where, you know, I, I think he he needs to look there. He I mean he was looking Southeast's primary red zone target, third and long target. They would flex him out, put him one on one, and and his vertical and size, he would win that. Well, Brian, I want I want to get into the weekend now for Nebraska. Eight official visitors confirmed. Uh, we have that entire list on Husker Online. I mean, the big storylines, Richard Torres will be here. Nebraska's uh, one of their main quarterback targets, but he's going to keep taking visits, so I don't think you're going to see a commit out of him this weekend. Justin Williams, the four-star running back, um, another name, um, but a pretty big group that will come in here Um as of now, for the next weekend, we only have one confirmed visitor. Now, that can change pretty quickly, as we know, in recruiting. Um, but it, it is interesting just to see how heavy they're coming in here on weekend one. I agree with that. And I think that, you know, the, the whole fact that Richard Torres is confirmed in this weekend, I think, lends itself to, 
you know, I, I think the the visual that he is the number one guy on Nebraska's board, I, I'll mention it in the three and out article, you know, it's coming out tomorrow morning. Uh, I, I have him still pegged number one, but I think that there's some separation happening there. I think two guys are separating themselves from the other two guys, and there maybe he's like a, a 1A and a 1B, and it's a very, very slight margin. But to your point, Torres is going to take some trips. He's going to go to Kansas State for an official visit. He's going to go to SMU. He's going to go to TCU, UTSA. Three schools in Texas. He's in the heart of Texas down in San Antonio, not like he's north like me, you know, just a couple hours south of the Red River. He's clear south. So I think that it's going to get more and more interesting about this kid and about his opportunities to stay potentially home. And then I think that what you're going to see, see happen immediately is whenever he gets, you know, back on the plane and leaves Nebraska uncommitted, you know, provided that's what happens, I think the Huskers are going to be moving very quickly to bring that second guy in. But I think that there's some really interesting guys coming in this weekend. You know, you got a couple offensive tackles and Valen Erickson and Ashton Craig. You've got probably Nebraska's number one running back on their board and Justin Williams. In my eyes as well, I think they got their number one wide receiver coming in this weekend and Landon Sampson, also from Texas. So uh, not just a big quantity number, huge quality. And I know that the quality has been kind of picked over and kicked around by the people on Husker Online with my big board articles. But, but in reality, there's probably three or four number one guys coming in this weekend based on the board that Nebraska has. Well, and you know, you just look at the last few years. I mean, Nebraska obviously has tried and gone after a lot of four stars and higher maintenance guys that expect to come in and be handed things. And it hasn't worked out very well. And, you know, in some ways, you know, it's funny, Nebraska fans want to be like Iowa and Wisconsin, but they want to have prettier players and higher-ranked recruiting classes. I think Nebraska is still going to have a respectably rated recruiting class, but I, I just get the feel, obviously, they're, they're looking at guys that culturally fit and want to be built in this program versus somebody they feel like they have to please in order to keep them on campus. I think that that's clearly demonstrated by the skill position guys that Nebraska is recruiting this year. I mean, we've I have spent a lot of time in the last two to three weeks in particular looking at scouring over quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs, and I that's basically the thought that I had. They're fitting a mold. They, they, have, to, they have to check the box of this, this, the character. If this guy's a good fit for the locker room as well as the field, you know, is this guy going to be a, 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 a rotten apple that basically can spoil the barrel of my, of my meeting room? They've got to avoid those circumstances again. They cannot, they cannot afford to have another setback where they bring in a guy like that that just comes in behind the scenes and can just completely tear things apart. And I think to your point also, Flash hasn't really worked very well for Nebraska when it comes to rankings. When they've gotten in those guys that have, that have come in and even just camp, like let's talk about Friday Night Lights because it's not the same Friday Night Lights that, that you know, we really saw when, it, when everything started up you know, a couple, three years back. So actually probably closer to five years back, but it's that flash has always been more, more sizzle than steak. And, and it just has never really manifested itself in terms of results and, and commitments and then ultimately to wins. So I think, you know, careful what you wish for, because I think Nebraska has gotten some of it. And it hasn't really ever panned out. Well, in full disclaimer, we're not saying Nebraska shouldn't be recruiting four and five star guys because they should be. Sure. I mean, but we're saying you got to find and and get guys here that a want to be here and b that you don't have to mortgage the farm as far as promises and things to make sure these guys stay on campus and not leave right away. 
I totally agree with that. And I think that as much as the four stars and the five stars are out there, I think that there's some really hardworking guys that are probably amongst that group that are just amongst those group of, of upper echelon players that are just Clemson and Alabama and SEC, you know, and Ohio State bound that, that those are the guys in Nebraska that have to find and pick their battles and be able to kind of pull a couple guys away potentially somewhere else down the line. And winning is going to help out with a lot of other things. But they've got to also find the guys that, that fit characteristically with what it is they're trying to do with their with their team. Well, Brian, it's going to be a busy, busy weekend. As I mentioned, Friday Night Lights, the Visitor Weekend. We'll have a great visitor preview on HuskerOnline.com on Friday, breaking down all the visitors. We'll have complete coverage of Friday Night Lights. I'll be at the Shrine Bowl as well on Saturday uh, we didn't even get into that, but Kellen Meyer, potentially Nebraska's kickoff guy, will be in that game. So I'll get a front row view of that, and we can talk later next week on that as well. But lots to keep up on, Brian. Um, looking forward to the coverage as uh, workouts. Yep, as in individual workouts, as you mentioned. Yeah, so it, it's it's going to never stop here, and we almost might need to have two recruiting segments here once baseball season's over because we're going to have a lot of ground. <laughs> we have a lot of ground to cover next week. That's true. Yep, just keep it here on Husker Online. We'll bring you the latest. But indie workouts will keep us going on, on Saturday as much as they can. And stay tuned. Sunday we'll be running around trying to bring you all the comments we can about some of those eight guys that will be on campus. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.